legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus Welcome again to another Bible study podcast. I am Dreamwalker1960. Once again, as a reminder, you can read the transcripts of my podcast at dreamwalker1960.com. Also, you do not need to download Podbean if you do not wish to. You can also listen at Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music or Audible, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast, as well as Pandora, Spotify, and Player FM. Many times I have referred to the first chapter of Galatians, specifically verses 6 through 9. I am shocked that you are turned away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one preached to you. I say again, we have said it before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, then that person be cursed. But I leave out one of the most important verses, that being the tenth. Obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. This one verse says volumes. For many throughout the centuries have sought to please people and not God. I am not trying to win the approval of people. Let's look at this verse in the King James Version. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. To please means through the idea of exciting emotion, to be agreeable, or by implication to seek to be so. This tells us this false good news is constructed of words mentioning God and Jesus, but aimed at pleasing the listener, to make them feel good. This is the message that most buildings that call themselves churches feed to humanity. The key element in these pleasing messages is the word love. Let me make this perfectly clear. God does love all of humanity. Why else would he send his son, his own son, to serve as a sacrifice to allow us the window to be able to stand stainless before our Creator? Remember the anguish Abraham endured when God told him he must sacrifice Isaac? This is the anguish that God himself suffered, except more so, because unlike Isaac, Jesus Christ died. He died a holy and pure sacrifice. And due to this, he rose again upon the third day, having fulfilled his calling. The ransom paid for all humanity to be given the ability through him to enter in the presence of God. Yet it is here that most that teach the false gospel end their teaching. They leave out the next part of this message, which Paul is referring to when he says he is not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. 
Again, we will look at the verses that I continue to go to when trying to show the true and faithful message of the gospel. John 15 verses 1 through 6. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off any branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Within these verses is the true meaning of the true gospel. Jesus says he is the only true way into heaven. Once someone accepts him as their savior, they become joined to him. He illustrates the entire requirements to become one with him and makes it clear the result if someone does not stay within the true gospel. The very first thing he makes clear in this description is that if someone does not stay true to the Bible and thus produce fruit, God himself will end their salvation. Those that say they can never lose their salvation is teaching a false gospel, and as is shown in Galatians, are cursed. This is shown time and again throughout the Bible. A prime example of bearing fruit is seen in the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 14-30. The servant who buried their talent bore no fruit and was cast into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This verifies that salvation can be lost. The next thing Jesus makes clear is that those that stay true to the gospel will suffer, as is shown through pruning. Why? So that they will learn, and thus make it so that they will in turn spread the true gospel out into the world, thus bearing more fruit. He shows us that the message he gives unto us, the entire message, prunes us, making us ready to serve God through our Savior, and with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Jesus makes it clear we must stay true to him and his teachings. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. He makes it clear that we cannot produce fruit if we do not remain within his full and complete teachings. When he says anything is a sin, it is something we cannot continue to live within. Yet those that teach the false good news say someone can live in their sin no matter what, and God will love them even if they keep them. Yet this is counter to the teachings of the vine. This is clarified in verse 10 of John 15. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments, and I remain in his love. The core of these commandments is the Ten Commandments, but the rest of the commandments are seen in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Matthew 5.17-20 Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the laws of Moses or the writings of the prophets, 
No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappears, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So if it is called a sin, and we must not live in sin, then we must abandon sin. Any sin. Another false gospel that more follow than they realize is finding wealth and prosperity here on earth. We are told not to store our wealth here on earth where it will rot and decay, but to store our treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, 19-20 This has a twofold effect on people, both of which become self-serving and not God-serving. Because people seek to satisfy their own wants and desires, they ignore their neighbors, which is against the second greatest commandment, to treat others as we would treat ourselves. Matthew twenty two thirty nine. How can we seek to treat others to luxuries we seek if we do not have enough wealth to accomplish our own lust and desires here on earth? We are told to live a modest life. 1 Timothy 6, 6-10 If we make excessive wealth, it is not ours to spend upon ourselves. It was given to us by God, and it is His, not ours. We should live a simple life, and once we have a surplus, that should go to others in need. This is how the early church lived their lives. Acts 2.43-47 As time went by, this message got perverted and changed by the selfishness of humanity, thus defying our Creator and going against the teachings of the true gospel, which in turn makes those that practice this lifestyle to be cursed. For many do this that have the Holy Spirit within them, and they defy the Spirit which tells them to live their lives per biblical standards, which is storing up heavenly treasures and not earthly ones. It was impressed upon me again this morning, as I wrote this, that Christ's first and soon return is far more near than many realize. It still may be years away, however. It could be this very moment or the next that the horn will blast. This horn will be heard everywhere, for it will not be of this dimension, but of God's heavenly dimension. It will be heard through walls. It will be heard in airplanes. It will be heard underground. Wherever there is a human, it will be heard. This first blast of the trumpet will be for the dead. This gives those alive the ability to stop what they are doing and pray to God they will be included in the next blast. For when that one blasts, those that are ready will vanish from the earth to meet Jesus Christ in the air and be given their new and immortal bodies, bodies that will last for billions upon billions of years. All of our selfish wants Desires and thoughts will be at an end, and all that will matter is how we conserve our Creator God 
through his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The true gospel teaches to reject the self. Luke 9.23, Matthew 16.24, 2 Corinthians 5.15 If we insist on keeping sin in our lives, we are insisting that we are greater than God. The key is to removing sin. We may find it emotionally painful, but if we are truly seeking salvation, we must learn to let go of that which in many cases brings us earthly pleasure, comfort, and even satisfaction. We must come to the realization that this life we now live is fleeting, James 4.14. At the most, we may live a few decades over 100. However, we were meant to live thousands of years originally. Ultimately, we are destined, through truly accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior, to live billions of years. Why hold on so tightly to this life in which sin is greater than our Creator? God knew us before we were even conceived in the womb. Galatians 1.15, Jeremiah 1.5 Can you grasp that concept? We have an active part in the relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That means we must seek to remove sin that brings us pleasure. All sin comes from one place, our hearts. Matthew 15, 19-20 For we wish to satisfy our own wants and desires, not God's. We must abandon our own desires and strive not to please ourselves, but God. This is hard on our own, if not impossible. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Romans 6.23 Only through accepting Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit can we begin the painful struggle to end placing ourselves above God. True love hurts. Trying to draw closer to God in our love for Him hurts. To spare the rod is to hate the child, to paraphrase the proverb, Proverbs 13.24. Since our Heavenly Father does not hate us, He requires us to go through emotional pain that many times we feel would destroy us. This pain is us letting go of what we want and desire and accepting what God wants for us, which is to become righteous and holy, to be worthy to wear the white robes of salvation, having passed through the blood Jesus Christ shed for us that last day of his earthly life. Hebrews 10, 9-18 However, we are not worthy of his sanctification unless we are willing to surrender to him all of our heart, mind, body, and soul unto our Creator through Jesus Christ the Messiah, our Savior. Then allow ourselves to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember.